0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, September, what is it, the 6th? I don't know. I'm on the road. I have no idea. Hang on a second. What the hell is today's date? Do I even have that on my thing? There it is, September 6th. Oh, Jesus. Here we go, and guess what? It's football season, everybody. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that something that you really enjoy? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're one of those people with the, with the, with the telescopes, you know, and you don't know, you don't know how to talk at a party and everybody's sitting there and you're just waiting for someone in the backyard to look up and be like, oh, look at that shiny one. What, what's that one? And someone else, oh I think that's the uh, that's the North Star, you know, the uh, North Star is actually the shinest one of the guys who used to sail back in the day. That's what they used in navigation. And then you finally get the pipe in actually that's not the North Star, that's Jupiter. And if you look right to the right of it, that's Saturn. Every ninety seven thousand months their orbits are close enough that they're right next to each other. Really? Is that true? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm still going to fuck the guy that thought that was the North star, but thanks for the information. Maybe you're one of those people, but if you're not, if you're not and you're into uh football, I had one of the, I had one of the best fucking times I've had watching a foot, watching college football in a long time. I was at the Had rock cafe, That used to be the Trump Taj Mahal, and somehow that fucking thing went out of business. I just really don't understand how a casino can go out of business unless the skim's getting out of control. You know, I've I've watched casino a couple times. I feel like that makes me an expert, right? People can go on WebMD and fucking, you know... Analyze themselves and decide, you know, uh, fucking what alligator plaque pill they're going to take. I don't know. Maybe I could fucking, maybe I know some things. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I love people who do it. Dude, I went on WebMD. You know, my neck was stiff, right? So last night I'm on WebMD M- Web and it turns out I think I have this very rare disease from South America, even though I'd never been there, but you know, uh, you know, people fly in on the airports all the time. Why don't you just go to a doctor? You know what I mean? If if you fucking, my stove isn't working. All right. Call a repairman that fixes stoves. You know, dude, I I don't like that. I think that's just a little too simple. It's too easy. Something about it feels real fishy. I don't like it. You know, like, you, like whenever you used to watch Law and & Order and they make an arrest in the first 10 minutes. As a fan of the show, and anybody who understands how TV's made, if they arrest somebody in the first 10 minutes, you go like, there's no way this fucking person did it. They got 50 minutes to go here. What am I going to do? Sit around and watch them fucking eat donuts? Waiting for the next person to uh, get sexually assaulted? What a fucking idea for a show, right? Special Victims Units. You know I think people really want to watch rape victims every fucking week. Why would you want to watch that? Never that's like a joke I had uh, a while back when uh, that documentary on Michael Jackson came out, his alleged victims. People were like, "Did you see it?" Did you see it?" I was like, "No. Why would I want to watch uh, alleged pedophilia testimony as my entertainment for that night?" Let's make some popcorn and watch adults cry about what happened to them as children. <laughs> I don't want to see that shit as entertainment. I could see if I'm on, if I have fucking jury duty and I got to sit there <laughs> at that fucking trial, right? Um, so anyway, I was at the, uh, yeah, I read up a little bit on the whole Trump-Taj Mahal thing. The thing fell into such disarray at one point. Trump sued and says, take my fucking name off that thing. Um, it was the amazing thing about that guy, relax liberals. One of the amazing things about that guy is he became a celebrity businessman. He was a businessman that became a celebrity, became such a fucking celebrity That people would ask to license his name and they would slap it on shit. You know, it's like all those Trump hotels. Everybody acts like he's fucking in there. It's like they're just licensing his name. All right. The guy. had He was too busy doing a TV show. Was that The Apprentice? Was that what it was called? The Apprentice, the uh, the oppressor, the fucking the CEO, whatever the fuck that show was called. They should bring that back, by the way. You know, make the whole country like him again, because everybody loved him when he was on that show, and he'd do that little snake thing. You fired. Guess what? You fired because of that. You didn't. You didn't do this, that, and the other thing with this company that we all know doesn't really exist. So because of that, you fired. You know, can anybody explain me why there wasn't enough syrup for those pancakes at the luau that you guys had for that company that doesn't exist? Well, actually, I, I think it was it was Dr. Dre's responsibility. Uh, actually, it wasn't my responsibility. It was Cindy Lauper's. You know what? This is a double firing. Dr. Dre, Cindy Lauper, you both fired. <laughs> it's the stupidest shit ever, but it was fun to watch. Uh, I shouldn't have said Dr. Dre. The guy's worth a billion dollars. Well, he was. I don't know if he's going through a fucking divorce now. God knows she's going to get half of it. I supported him. I said, you could do it. Do those fucking headphones. Yeah. That's worth 500000000 million, isn't it? I love when, you know, there's a high fucking level divorce, right? A high level divorce. And uh, there's all this money involved. Then, like, the woman who didn't do shit starts to, like, label everything that she did as, like, a a position in a company. You know, I managed the household. I was the CEO of breakfast. I oversaw the pool area. (laughs) Is that what you did? Kind of sounds to me like you laid around in your pajamas. You know, and to be fair, I saw Kelly Clarkson. Is going through a divorce. Oh, man, that thing just reeked of underhate. Oh, my. An artist marries her manager. It's that piece of shit manager there. Why'd you marry her? What? Because your 15% of her fucking road gigs wasn't enough for you? You wanted 100%. And then if shit goes bad, you get 50%. Guy's going to get 200 grand a month. A man He's going to get 200 grand a month from a woman. Get a job, you fucking bum. <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. Can you even carry a tune? Could you carry your ass out the fucking front door. Go earn a living. Um, so, anyway, I was in uh, Atlantic City, right? AC. A to the motherfucking C, as the kids do not say. I fly into Philly which is the most disrespected fucking major city. Okay, we're not going to say it's an A-level city. All right? If we're going to go with, like, as far as size, skyline, and population. All right? You got to go New York City's number one. Just because all the media's there. All right? Because Chicago is right there with them. My kind of tune, Chicago, is the rig building Chicago is fucking seven feet deep pizza for whatever reason they never heard of fucking lasagna um, and then I would say maybe Los Angeles right just as far as like I'm sure like Atlanta has more people or maybe Houston or something like that but if you uh, maybe I should look that up You know, just because Hollywood's there, right? And all you red state people, goddamn fucking Hollywood, they're out there drinking baby blood, pedophilia all up in the hills, saying all your crazy witch shit. Why? Because you guys are out in the woods with a sheet on your fucking head? You know? Still hating black people? See? Do you like that? That I acted like you're all in the fucking clan? Stop acting like we're all fucking babies in Hollywood. It's not all of us. It's just a couple of bad eggs. (laughs) I don't know if that's fucking wrong. Um, Yeah. Come on, man. We're the ones who make all your fucking movies. All your TV. Right? Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Marsha Brady. That was us. All right? Give me back my son. Once again, that was us. All those wonderful movies, they all came from there. What do we do? We say a couple of liberal things on the Twitter there and you're ready to walk away from us. Hee-haw, that was us. I do not know if that was us. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, Biggest cities in the U.S. What do we got here? Now, why did Jacksonville come up first? I really... Do not know how I somebody a picture of Jacksonville came up first. It's the power of Tim Tebow. Um, All right. New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago. Bam. I flipped it. I should have said. Should have said Los Angeles second. Then Houston. Look at me crushing it. Here's one you never would guess. Phoenix, Arizona, because they're all spread out. You'd have no idea. And then coming in at number six is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, God damn it. You would think if you were the sixth largest fucking city in the United States, that when I take a nonstop flight from fucking Los Angeles to Philadelphia, I could get a plane that was a little newer than the one that I flew on, that I swear to God, Will Smith sat on that thing when he went out to go test for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, I'll tell you it was old. I took the red eye, right? I go on there, paid for a first class ticket because I'm a fancy man, all right? And I earned it too. God damn it. I spent the better part of two decades in the back of the fucking plane, okay? And I can spot, I can spot a middle seater from a mile away when I'm sitting there in the terminal going, oh man, that son of a bitch. I saw this guy, like classic fat guy, right? Giant fucking polo shirt like a poncho hanging off his gigantic torso with the cargo shorts on, legs out in the eczema, okay? Neck pillow, and I'm like, that, that's that got middle seat written all over it. Okay, and he's going to wait to get on the fucking plane. You know what I mean? Like a, like a murder mystery. Like a great whodunit. Who's going to sit next to me? You know, maybe maybe somebody... Maybe somebody isn't going to be on that middle seat. And then you hear the stewardess go, we have a very full flight. Please don't put all your shit in the overhead compartments. Everybody does that every way. Just try to have it be your wheelies. Some douche stuffing a jacket like two feet from her announcement. Just fucking stuffing it in there, right? And by the way, this old ass plane, the fucking intercom is on full blast. I do the impression, but I'm going to save your ears just in case you have the headphones on. Full fucking blast. So anyway, I get on the fucking plane. It's like those first-class seats from, like, you know, the 90s. The fucking leather chair, all wrinkled, that's lost its luster from all those years of salesmen, fucking, you know, getting all boozed up and passing out in it. You can't recline it. I had to sleep sitting up. Paid for a first-class ticket. I don't give a fuck what you fly now. Everything has the sleeper seats if you're up front. Right? I have a big fucking head. I got a goddamn snow globe sitting on my shoulders. I got an actual globe. Who's kidding? It's a moon that fucking goes around the planet of Jupiter, right? I'm fucking trying to sleep all night, and my head keeps going forward, fucking waking me up, and then I got to go back, you know? And you know, I like the design of an airplane, how it works, because it's designed to fly. It's not designed to sleep on. Like anything you try to do in one of those old school seats or if you're, in, you're a poor bastard in the back of the plane. I'm going to tell you right now, I root for all of you guys. You know, I'm rooting for that fat guy with the leg eczema to fucking, you know, lose the weight. I root for people. I make fun of people, but I root for them. Okay? And that's how I justify what a cunt I am. So anyway, it's like, okay, this isn't comfortable. What if, what if I lean my head on the side of the fuselage, and it's just far enough that it makes the other side of your neck stretch out, right? You're like, fuck, I can't do that. All right, what if I open the TV tray up, right? TV tray, the fucking, the food tray. What if I, you know, when I put my my head down on my desk, you know, like back in the day when the teacher had enough of you. We're going to have silence, and she'd shut the lights off in the room. Everybody put their heads down on the desk. Then you put your head down, you'd be peeking at your friend, He'd be making fart noises with his fucking hands, remember? <laughs> right? Fucking laughing your ass off. Next thing you know, you're staying after school to clap the erasers. Um, you go to put your fucking head down on that. It's just close enough to your body where you feel like you're going to fold your spine in half. And at just some point, you just look over to the person sitting next to you who has a neck pillow that you've made fun of the entire time you've ever seen him. And you're like, you know what? That was the move. I wish I bought a neck pillow. I only bought one my entire time. My entire time flying out in the back. I only bought one neck pillow. It was blue to bring out my eyes. And uh, I only used it a couple of times. And it just took up too much space. You know? Because I don't give a fuck how long I'm going out on the road. I never check a bag. Unless I go on vacation with my wife. And then she's always like, we're going to go swimming. You should bring your flip-flops, have a bathing suit, bring your goggles. Okay, cool. But what if we want to go out to dinner one night? You know, maybe one night we'll get a sitter. You and I could go someplace really nice, try and reconnect. Maybe you should bring like a sport coat or something. All right, okay, I'll do that. Now, what if on one of these days, what if it rains? What if it rains? You should have a raincoat. And just, you know, I can't fit all this in a little bag. Well, you should bring your bigger bag. Just bring your bigger bag. I'm telling you, just do it. You'll have all kinds of options. Everything's going to be great. Just trust me. Trust me on this one because I'm checking a bag too. So you're going to be waiting there anyway. Why, you know what, How much long is it going to take just to wait for your bag? And I always go, okay. And then you know what happens? I go on vacation and every day I wear the same pair of sweatpants and T-shirt every fucking day. You know, and half the shit stays fucking sitting in the bag. And I think to myself, you know what? I could have just brought the smaller one. But she made a great point that I would have been waiting for her anyway. So who gives a fuck, right? I'll tell you who gives a fuck. The guy who had to pick the bag up and put it on the plane. Blows out his fucking lower back. Um, so whenever I travel alone, whenever I travel alone, I, there's no fucking way I'm prolonging this experience here at the goddamn airport. I want to get the fuck out of here. So um, anyway, I get on the fucking plane, and I, I, I think I actually slept for most of it still. But, like, why doesn't Philly, like, they've always had just shit flights. I remember before American took over that, I guess, nonstop, U.S. Air had it. And Jesus, they they had the even shittier planes. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Next time I'll just fly into fucking, I don't know where. D.C. or Newark. But Newark was like underwater. Like, they meant, uh the vibe here in New York City. The vibe in New York City has really fucking changed. It's gone back. Like, after this pandemic, you can just, you know, a lot more trash, a lot more fucking homeless people and shit. I guess the liberals had to change some sort of gun law looking out for people's human rights, you know, which is never a bad thing. But I guess it makes it easy to walk around with the guns, So violence is up. I was told to keep my head on a swivel. Now, I don't like any of that, that that's allegedly happening, happening in New York. But what I'm hoping it's going to do is make the crowds a little bit better than they were when I was here two years ago doing the Pete Davidson movie. You know, when it was at the literally the height of the phony woke white person. I am woke because I bestowed that title upon myself. (laughs) I said that I am woke, therefore, I am woke. So, anyway, I was trying to say I had like one of the best experiences watching a football game. Um, I was working with Joe Bartnick, who, by the way, is absolutely fucking murdering he was killing so hard that when we went down to the sports book the next day to watch college football people were coming up to him i was two people away from they didn't even see me Old billy fucking ego face was sitting there going i guess it's over i guess uh i guess i don't have the fucking the the lusters off the fucking orange apple here um coming up to him right so we go down to the sports book I had a little cigar, my first one in a couple, two, three weeks. And uh, I had a I had a smoothie, Mr. Almond smoothie. I highly recommend at the Hard Rock Cafe. I had hit the gym, you know, both fucking days, having a good time. Oh, Billy Flatbelly's coming into full effect. We go down to the sports book, and uh, I was like, I was going to bet Wisconsin because Penn State's had a rough time the last couple of years. And Bartnick's like, come on, man, we're doing a gig out in Penn State coming up. He goes, "Uh, what are you, you know, that's bad karma. I was like, you know what? You're right. I'll take Penn State. And then he liked the Georgia Bulldogs. And I was like, you know, it's the first week. What the fuck do I know? I'll take the Georgia Bulldogs, too. Then I go, oh, look at this. The late game. LSU. Is playing UCLA. I'll bet LSU. So every one of them, I bet the spread. I don't like combining games. You know what I mean? That's like, you know, the plane crashes and everybody fucking crawls out. We all, we all have to survive. You know, you go solo. That's what the fuck you do. You got a better chance. You know, I don't want to fucking be hanging with this sleep apnea guy. Um, so I bet Penn State, which is one of the great college games I've seen, classic Big Ten matchup, 0-0 zero, zero at the half, Okay. Not, you know, not true sports fans are shutting it off because all they all, you know, when you're not a fan of a sport, what you want to see is offense. That's your big fucking thing. All right. You want to see scoring. It's like, you know, when an American watches soccer, what is our big complaint? Dude, nothing's happening. Meaning the ball isn't going into the fucking net. That doesn't mean nothing's happening. You just don't have an ability to watch the game at a higher level, I guess, of understanding it. Um, So let me see here. I want to make sure I got the Penn State roster here so I can give a shout-out to some of the players. Um, Who was that kid who got kicked out of the fucking game for that bullshit targeting? He was such a bullshit target that the, the refs didn't even fucking call it. And then the quarterback sitting there complaining. He hit him with his shoulder and the helmet at the same time. I understand that it's, 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 a, uh, I don't know. I forget the names. Number five, that wide receiver, they couldn't cover him. Number 13. And I think a guy number 41 on the defense had a nice big hit and, uh, just a right down to the end, right down to the end, uh, uh, uh an incredible game. And, uh, penn state with some huge stops turnovers and all of that type of stuff and i got money on the game and i was flipping out what ellis burks thought he played for the or is it brooks um ellis burks played for the red sox i don't know great game you know i just put 100 bucks on 100 to win like 95 right and then the georgia bulldogs right another 100 to make 95 i hit that one too and then lsu ah, you know just couldn't make it happen. I love all these fucking assholes. So in the end, you know, then I lost that 100 bucks. So I was up like 95 bucks or whatever the fuck it was. But I was just sitting there smoking a stick. You know, smoking a cigar inside is just unbelievable. And I always think of this highlight that I saw a long time ago of this um, World Series game. I want to say it was the Mets. Not the one in 69 when they won. I think they went to the World Series again in the early 70s and they lost. But it was a game at Shea Stadium, and it was a World Series. Of course, it was during the day because that's how they did it back then. It was probably over in two and a half hours, two hours and 20 minutes, like baseball games were back in the day. And they cut to the crowd at one point, and there's a guy in the crowd with a hat on, not a hipster, wearing a hat because that was part of his generation. And he was smoking a cigar. And there was women around him. Nobody was bitching at him. I was just like, can you fucking imagine going to the World Series? It's on during the day. It's going to be over in two and a half hours, and you could sit in the stand smoking a cigar. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking amazing. So the closest I can get is go to a sports book. And I love that you can smoke inside. Because, like, hey, man, you guys are gamblers, right? You like living on the edge, breathing this secondhand smoke. So, uh, anyway, uh, we watched... Um, Penn State, I watched Alabama, Jesus Christ, absolutely destroy Miami. I mean, that game just got boring really quickly. And then we went down for the show, and Georgia and and LSU were both playing at the same time. And I love all these fucking assholes getting all over Ed Ogeron, just being like, oh, was that one year just a flu because he had Joe Burrows? Is he the Gene Chizik, you know, coached at Auburn and won a national championship with Cam Newton. It's just like, since when does a coach not need the players They did that to Bill Belichick last year when Tom Brady won. Oh, does Bill Belichick not know what he's doing? I mean, Gene Chizik was the guy that actually began the turnaround of the Iowa State football program. I read this whole article about the guy. He, you know, like Auburn came and seeked him out. And he went down and applied, being, all right, I'll do it, because it's good to get my face down there. They're not going to hire me. And then they fucking hired him. And at the end of the day, Cam Newton or not, he still has to come up with a game plan, which he did. He was also a defensive coordinator, which I also think helped. And the guy won a national championship. How the fuck do you win a national championship as a coach? And fucking asshole fans are still going, I think it was just a fluke. He just got lucky. He just needed one fucking player. That's all... What's really going on? What are you really upset with in your fucking life? I love it, Ogeron, and I love what he said. Do you know that UCLA fucking player screaming at him and shit? And he goes, bring your ass on down here with your sissy blue shirt. <laughs> 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 fucking hilarious, which it was. And, of course, people are like, aren't coaches supposed to set an example? You know, well, it's like, what about that fucking cunt screaming at him? He obviously wanted to talk shit. He obviously wanted to fucking stir it up a little bit. He wanted to take the bull by the horns. You take on the bull, you get the horns. That's what the fuck happened. I love that he said it. It was fucking hilarious. You know, that goes back to that bit I, I used to do about uh, the malice in the palace. When that fucking asshole threw that drink on Metaworld World Peace, right? and then he it's just like you explain to me any other place in the world where a guy his size would take a full drink and throw it in a guy uh world peace's size he wouldn't and then he's at a fucking game and then he does that shit and then as as a fucking man this guy's supposed to let somebody throw a drink in his face and not do anything about it you know and i remember when that shit came out all of the, all of those that was the whole source of the bit All of the fucking sportscasters going like, there is no reason for you to ever go into the stands. There absolutely is a reason. And I think because he did that, that made a lot of fans maybe get their fucking behavior in check a little bit. Every once in a while, you have to go into the stands. Boston Bruins, the Indiana Pacers, and they do all the athletes that come into the league for the next five to seven years a favor because everybody remembers that. Like, you know, there is a line. And these world class athletes are going to come up into the stands, grab the wrong person, and beat the shit. Up. <laughs> um, all right, let's do a little. Uh, let's do a little advertising here. Wait, I can't. I got to talk about a few other things. Um, what was I going to say? I've been watching some of the U.S. Open. I tweeted, joking around, like I always forget that I love tennis because. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. And all you have to do is just tune in to a major and just sit down and watch a tennis match to realize the absolute fucking war that a game of tennis is and the amount of, like, you know, back and forth of momentum, the psychology of it. I mean, it's just incredible. I watched uh, that Carlos Alvarez, or is it Alvaraz? I don't know. It's, it's AZ, not easy, um, defeat... That Stefano, uh, Sitsipas, is that how you say it? The bathroom break guy. I guess he took a bath, a seven minute bathroom break and let the other guy cool down in his previous match and came out and kicked his ass, which was like within the rules. So afterwards, the press was giving him shit and he goes, Well, what the you know, tell me what the rule is. Well, you know, it's sort of an unwritten rule that maybe you don't take a fucking seven minute piss. Uh, tell me where it says that, you know, I I would like you to look back uh, Djokovic, you know, what, what about that, uh, seven years, yeah, that was a three minute piss, okay, well, you know, I have more fluids, my uh, I have big, you know, big Greek dick, it takes, you know, longer time to come out the tunnel, Um. so they were all giving him shit about that, but Carlos Alvarez, was on is, is the uh, first time since the early seventies like a, a guy ranked as low as him defeats a three seed, and then I also watched this woman, uh, is it Layla? L e y l a h Fernandez defeat a three seed, and uh, I don't know. You just sit down, you start watching, and you get just fucking get into it, and uh, I'll tell you, they, I mean, a five set men's match takes like four hours four fucking hours of those guys out there i mean i don't i don't know how i i now understand why most of them retire by the time they're 30 forget about your your the obvious your body just giving out after a while just like dude i can't fucking do with this with the shin splints and shit uh i just can't imagine the the mental like you're getting the ball every possession it's either coming at you or you're serving it You know, you lose a couple of games. Don't quit on the set. Just play every fucking point. Play every fucking point for four hours. It's incredible. It's an incredible game. And uh, I wish I had more time to watch it. All right. Okay, we're going to do a little advertising here. Look who it is, everybody. Oh, zip. You know, according to Forbes, gyms, nail salons, hotels... Mom and Pop Stores and more uh, are set to go on an epic hiring spree in the coming months to meet the pent-up demand for all these services. Okay, talk about any business that you are especially excited to return to or that you have already returned to. Uh, what am I excited? Uh, what am I excited about? Oh, geez, I'm dropping the ball. Uh, bars bars. Fucking uh, cigar bars. Uh, I don't know. I don't go shop. Movie theater. There we go. They gave me the answer. I'm, i could love to go to a movie theater. I would love to go to a movie theater. I like that the gyms at the hotels are open again. So I can go down there and be Billy Ballyptical. And knock out my calories. Um, all of these businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So... Where do these businesses turn to to fill these roles fast? Oh, Zip. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. When you post a job on Zip, they send your job to over 100 job sites, giving you access to their networks of millions of job seekers. You can easily review, review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. Zip. Technology is so affected that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try Zip <laughs> for free at this exclusive website, ziprecruiter.com slash burr. That's ziprecruiter.com slash burr. Spell out bur, burr, B U R R. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash burr. Zip. <laughs> the smartest way to hire. All right! Oh, look who it is, everybody! My bookie. How the fuck you doing, eh? You look like easy money. Who doesn't? You who doesn't like easy money? Oh, you like easy money. I say, who, why would you say you look like easy money? That sounds like they're gonna take take your money. Okay, you like easy money. Who doesn't like easy money? Head to mybookie.ag. Bet the NFL. Lock of the season. And when any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bucks, you win. When any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bucks you win. I don't know what that means. The best bet you can make is one you can't lose. And in the case in case you didn't know, a game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II, so this is sure bet. Okay. Lock of the season. When any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks you win. So all you need is somebody to score points and you win. They're giving you they're giving you a winner. Uh, it really is that simple. Join my bookie now, bet the luck of the season, and when the first point is scored in the season opener on Thursday night, you automatically win cash. Well, it's definitely, there's going to be some scoring because, uh, you know, the way they've opened up the offense slowly but surely over the last fucking 20 years, um, it's almost impossible not to score. Uh, my bookie is playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 super contest. And it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get into the game. Join now. Head to mybookie.ag today and go and use our promo code Burr and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code Burr to receive double your first deposit and get started with mybookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie. All right, back to the podcast. Push-up challenge. Hey, Billy Whirlybur, it seems that we have a bit in common. We're both pilots. Nice. We both yell at inanimate objects that fuck with us. Um, I love that they're fucking with us. That makes them animate at that point, right? Or alive on some level. And we are both measuring our fitness, at least in part, based upon our ability to match doing as many push-ups as our age. I haven't done that in a few years because of my shoulders, but my shoulder has felt... Better than it ever has. He said, on my way to 50, I was skeptical that I'd be able to do it. But when the time came, I did indeed meet the challenge. So when he turned 50, he did 50 push-ups. Now it's 61. I'm happy to say that I haven't failed the age slash push-up challenge yet. That's amazing, man. 61 push-ups is no joke. That is no joke. And uh, I think it's a great thing to do. You should also do it with squats, are hugely important because uh you know you don't want to be that guy that ends up, you know, always cold and has a blanket on his over his legs, you know, when you get that level of old the fucking grim reaper's just standing behind you every time you lean forward to grab the uh remote if you fucking do a header out of your chair that's going to be it for you, right? So I would throw some squats in there too. But that's really inspiring. Um I'm excited because uh my masseuse, the genius that she is, gave me these these shoulder exercises that are just the body weight of my uh, my arms, and I do them every single day. And then I got one of those little exercise balls there, like almost like a foam roller, but it's a hard ball. Keep it clean, ladies. Um, why would you want a hard ball? You want a hard dick, it's stupid. Anyway, and you just put it between, you know, your shoulder or your back and the wall. And you can control the direction and the pressure. And I basically roll out my shoulders and my back, you know, almost every single day. And then I do that as stretch, you know, the the up dog or the cobra. And I'm trying to get it to the point where I, I can actually have hips on the floor and go straight up like 90 degrees. I've just decided I'm gonna work on that because um, I think that's one of the most neglected stretches out there your psoas which is the muscle in the front of your that connects the trunk of your body in the front to your, your lower body and it's in the front and then wraps around your back I don't know I think back towards your spine or something like that and if that thing gets tight which happens if you sit down a lot like me flying you know um all around the country and that gets tight you know it starts to pull your your torso forward so your lower back has to engage So a lot of time, and then your lower back starts hurting. So I find a lot of times when I think I have lower back pain, there's something wrong with my back. I need to stretch out my back. I actually need to stretch out my psoas. So I'm really trying to work on that, you know, just to live a healthier lifestyle, okay? Um, All right, going blind drunk. Hey, Billy Bitch Tits. Um, Yeah, I was sitting there going like, is that actually a true thing, going blind drunk? And I couldn't find the truth of it, but as luck would have it, I watched this episode of the untouchables with Robert Blake the original one where um a a very 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 young Robert Redford um played the bad guy in that one and he was taking wood alcohol and they were selling it on college campuses and two kids lost their sight and one uh woman uh died and I guess what it is, is it attacks, it's not the alcohol, it's what, there's some chemical that it gives off, not the alcohol, it's another chemical that's in wood alcohol that attacks the optic nerve. And it could do damage where you're blind for a moment, or you could actually, if you drank enough of it, you'd go blind for the rest of your life. And um, they used to have this thing called, there was another one called, We uh, always called uh, Jake Leg. And there was another one that would actually attack like your central, or something in your brain or something like that. And you'd get up and you would do like this crazy walk because like, you know, it damaged your nerves and you'd have to like lift your whole leg to make your foot come up. And uh, I don't know. So I learned that since then, but let's see what this person says. All right, long time listener. Was checking out the uh, Monday morning podcast for August 30th and you were trying to fact check yourself regarding blindness due to impure alcohol, but couldn't get a source and said you must have been wrong. Guess what, genius? You were actually right. Uh, If you do not properly ferment and distill alcohol, there could be some nasty byproducts, including methanol. Yeah, that's it. The active ingredient in alcohol is ethanol, which differs from methanol in that it has one additional carbon and a couple extra hydrogen. Methanol ingestion is pretty dangerous. An enzyme in your body called alcohol dehydrogenase Genase metabolizes it into f- formic acid and formaldehyde, which are highly toxic and can cause not only temporary but permanent blindness. Crazy, right? Uh, what's even crazier is that the treatment for methanol ingestion can include giving the individual more ethanol, a.k.a. get them drunker. This is because ethanol and methanol are agonists, I guess opposites, of a receptor called an alcohol... Dehydrogenase. Come on, dude. You know who I am. What are you doing with all these big words? Without going into a science lesson, you should have done it. I mean I wouldn't have retained it, but my listeners would. It's pretty basic. More ethanol results in less methanol being metabolized so you don't go blind from your bathtub moonshine. I've attached a source in case you think I'm bullshitting. Thanks and go fuck yourself. PS come to Al- Albuquerque, you redhead. Uh I would love to. I would love to go to Albuquerque. Um, every time I go to Albuquerque, I think all the wonderful experiences I had playing a very, very super small role in one of my favorite TV shows of all time, Breaking Bad. Um, I still remember that cool airport with that giant snake thing that they have when you go down the hill. Uh, I also remember standing on set watching weather from like 30 miles away approaching just seeing a rainstorm coming it was fucking amazing um absolutely gorgeous gorgeous part of the country um new mexico is and uh you know a nice amount of people out there i'm a big big fan of new mexico and also not to mention that a bunch of fucking uh mma legends have come out of there um so yeah there's a lot of things to like about um, New Mexico. All right. Independent woman rant. Billy Boy, saw this on Reddit and thought you enjoy. Girl wants to be an old school woman. Now, wait a minute. She wants to be an old school woman. I know she's, this seems like she's going to trick you. All right. Okay, let's see what she says here. I'm supposed to watch this. 37 seconds. There we go. And, of course, this sound doesn't work. The sound does not work. Come on. What am I doing wrong? See, this is why I, even if I. Okay, hang on a second. Let me tell you something. You women from the 60s really messed up my life goals. You don't want to stay at home and clean the house, take care of the kids, you know, have dinner ready for your husbands when they got home from work. She's putting on makeup. That is all I want to do. But no, you thought everyone wanted to be independent. I don't. I don't want to be independent. <laughs> no, here I am. Going to school because I break going to college get them a job and education. Uh, women. Yeah, she must have had a paper due that day. Um, yeah, I've heard that argument before. I think you should be allowed to. You shouldn't, women. You shouldn't treat another woman as a sellout if she just wants to stay home and take care of kids. And also, that's one less woman you have to compete for in the job world. So you know, she's doing you a favor. She's taking herself out of the game. Um, I do have to tell you that woman had a bit of a temper on her. That made me a little nervous. I got to be like, uh, yeah, that would not be a that not be a good person for me to be with my fucking temper. Um. So anyway, and as much as guys. I don't know. Do guys complain about that? I mean, it's kind of cool to have a wife that has a job and brings home a little bit of bacon there. Um, Anyway, wife never wants sex. Hey, Billy Clownface. Me and my lady have been married for almost five and a half years and been together over six years. I'm 38 and my wife is 32. Before we got married, everything was perfect. And at that time... I thought I had found the girl I wanted to grow old with. Unfortunately, everything went out the window the weekend we got married. The weekend? We didn't have sex before we got married, so I expected her to be ready to go or show some excitement about us having sex for the first time on our wedding night. We got to the hotel, and she just acted like we walked into a grocery store or something. She thought it was weird I was trying to initiate anything sexual with her. Oh, my God. We eventually did have sex, but it seemed like more of a I guess we can have sex now vibe. The weird thing is, she actually bragged about her sex life with her ex that night, too. What? What did she say? You know, this last guy, I used to really fuck him all the time. Oh, man, we had a great time. So then she got with you. So she wasn't a virgin. So she was banging before. She stopped banging when she met you. And now you're on your wedding night and she's acting like she's at the grocery store. Okay. Since then, it's been constant rejection. I could probably count on one hand, no more than two, the number of times she has initiated sex in our marriage and she actually barely initiates any kind of physical affection. So I wonder if she actually did have a great sex life with this other person. Um, There was no honeymoon phase or anything. Sex maybe three times a month as newlyweds. Anytime I brought up the lack of anything in our marriage, it always turned into a fight where I was told, you make me feel like a failure as a wife. We are married now. We are past all that. That stuff is for teenagers, and I didn't get married to have sex. Okay, something's going on with her. Did something happen to her when she was younger? Is she gay? You know, that could be a thing. Maybe she's trying to make her parents happy and is living, you know, a life she shouldn't be living. Does she not, do you have halitosis and she doesn't know how to tell you? Uh, The sad thing is over time, she has let a few things about her past relationship that lasted six years or so come out and she made it seem like she had a long sex life with this other guy. She had the honeymoon phase with him and pretty much got all the sex she wanted before we got married and now just wants a roommate that will pay the bills. She will let me have sex with her once a week, but definitely nothing more. To her, once a week is enough, but I want but if I want anything more than that, she claims I'm just I just demand sex from her all the time, and I'm needy because I want a wife instead of a roommate. As a Christian, I don't want to get a divorce. Well, as a Christian, Catholic Church was also falls under the umbrella of Christianity. And look what they did. Okay? Uh, we also had crusades as Christians and did horrible things to Muslim people and all that stuff. So, I mean, listen, if you're not happy, get out of it. He said, but I also don't want to be 45 in a marriage that lacks any kind of intimacy either. At what point do you think it's okay to bail and find someone else? I'll tell you this right now. Your heart, your soul, and everything that makes you an alive person has already left this marriage. Sorry that this happened to you. I know it's going to be painful. Just get the fuck out. And I'm telling you, this time next year, you know, you're going to be looking back going, what in the fuck was that? Thank God I got out of it. And you're going to be happy as hell. Even if you're single, you're going to meet a woman that likes to have sex with you. And it's going to make you feel good. Nobody should go through that. That constant rejection and dealing with that. Okay, okay. This is just like, you know, there's a guy out there for your wife, but you ain't it. So, you know, you're making her feel a certain way. She's making you feel a certain way. It's not going to get better. So, you know, and you don't want to be old thinking like, I should have just got out of it. Why the fuck did I do that? And another thing too, how the fuck are you going to have a kid if you're having sex once a fucking week? You know, if you want to have a kid, I don't even know if you want to have a fucking kid, but you know, you got to bang away that week when she's ovulating. There, All right. Shark or lion? Hey there, Billy, the freckled butthole burr. I have a question for you. I listened to your segment on sharks the other day and wants to know if you had to, if you had to choose, gun to your head, being eaten by a shark in the open ocean. Oh my God. Or be eaten by a lion in the bush. Ah, dude, that's the easiest question ever. He goes, I know either way you're going to, you're going to get eaten. However, my, thing, my thinking is that it would be better to get mauled by a lion than a shark. At least with the lion, you don't, have to, you don't have to fight drowning as well. I would like to know what your opinion is on this very important topic. Love to stand up in the podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, Keep well and go fuck yourself. A South African fan. Shout out to South Africa. Um, oh, a lion all day long. And I am basing that on, you know, Siegfried and Roy. I think that was a tiger or whatever, a big cat. Dude, that thing grabbed him and within two seconds he went limp. And then that was it. I'm not saying I'm happy that happened. It was absolutely horrific, whatever. But like, you know, you're playing with lions and tigers, you know, eventually something's gonna happen, right? So he just went fucking limp, choked out immediately. What I love about cats big fucking cats is they put, they, it's over. They grab you, you're like, oh, ah! and then they just clamp down and they choke you out. You ask any MMA person, they would rather get fucking choked out than knocked out. They don't want to do, you know, it's just, you know, you go to sleep then you woke up. Oh, I lost. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have any cognitive damage. You just go to sleep and you would wake up wherever the fuck you go or you're just dead. You know, if that's what happens, like a squirrel, you're just dead. A shark is going to bite you first. You can't fucking see it. It's going to take a bite out of you to see what you taste like, to see if you're, there's any sort of threat there. Oh, my God. Then it's going to pull you under the water as you're fighting to breathe and stay above the water. Not even close. And the fucking loneliness of being out in the middle of the fucking ocean. you. Oh, my God. You can just... You can take that, uh, that shark thing any fucking day, you know, I absolutely, I would almost, if you said, would you rather get killed by a lion or just bitten by a shark, but you're going to live. I know survival. I would have to choose the shark, but just going, okay, it's going to happen. And they drop you in the water, just waiting. Fuck that. You know, that's why I can't stand bears. As much as I love a bear, the fact that they just don't grab their prey by the neck and put them out of their misery. They just fucking hold them down like a big dummy, you know, and just start biting fucking, you know, I don't It's terrible. I don't want to get mauled. Uh, I want to get choked out. That was an easy one. Absolutely fucking easy. Um, All right. Do I deserve to marry a rich doctor? Well, don't marry the person because... He or she is a rich doctor. Marry him because they treat you right. Then the benefits, you married a smarty that's bringing on the money there. All right. Hello, Mr. Bill, best comedian in the world. Burr, look at that. I get a compliment. I'm a 25-year-old guy from Morocco. Oh, my God, Casablanca, Uh, who's lost and uh, don't know what to do and need your take on this. I met this young lady six months ago, and we're in love. She's an amazing, nice, and motivated young lady. She's on her fourth year in medical school. Dude, you hit the fucking lottery. She's amazingly nice. She's motivated. She's super smart. Well, I work in an office job that doesn't pay really well and has no future. And she's fucking cool. She likes you for who you are then. The thing is, I've been panicking lately because I feel that I haven't found a path or what I want to do, and maybe I don't deserve her. Oh, Jesus Christ. She's from a rich family full of doctors also, and she's seen and experienced a lot of things while I never did shit and struggled to have a good dinner out during the weekend. We're planning to spend our lives together, and she loves me for who I am. Yes, she does. Dude, don't fuck this up, okay? If anything, go to her and tell her, how much you admire her that she found her path and that, you know, and tell her how you feel. I just tell her how you feel, how great she is. And you almost feel like you don't deserve her and, and, and how you want to find your path. Cause you want to contribute to, to the relationship more. Do that. Don't, don't sabotage this. He goes, but I don't know if I deserve her and I don't know what I can do to find a good career so I can make, or living in the same level. First of all, don't compete with her. He said, sorry for the long email. Help this miserable guy who's happy for the first time in life, but he thinks he'll mess it up. Yeah, you got issues, dude. You got fucking issues where um, you're saying you're happy for the first time in life. So what it, what it is, is you've been miserable so long that misery is your comfort zone. Even though you don't want to be miserable, you're comfortable. You know how he knows that? Because I used to be like that. You know, I grew up in a very volatile, crazy fucking situation and world and all of that type of stuff. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm going to be around nice, peaceful, calm people. And what you do is you gravitate towards what feels familiar subconsciously without even knowing it. And you're surrounded yourself by a bunch of lunatics and you fit right in because you're a lunatic. So here's the thing, dude. You found happiness. All right? Just allow yourself to be uncomfortable with that and gradually get comfortable with it. And what you need to do is communicate with her. Okay? You obviously are head over heels with this woman. You absolutely love her. You should marry her and use her as an example of the kind of person that you want to be. Happy, motivated, and uh, don't put pressure on yourself to make as much money as she's going to be making. It's like the only person who's... She's not doing that to you. So why do that to yourself? All right? And uh, as far as like finding out what you're supposed to do in life, just f- follow your heart. I know that's fucking cliche, but like, like think about what you like, what you're interested in. Try a bunch of different things. And if there's something that, you know, you find something that you would just do anyway, if you can turn that into a job, you, you, you never feel like you're working. So uh, don't fuck this up, dude. That's really going to make me sad if you do that. All right. You deserve this person. And you know why you deserve this person? Because you've been miserable your whole life, which means your family, your parents probably made you fucking miserable. You deserve happiness, but you don't feel you deserve happiness because the people that loved you made you fucking miserable. So get into therapy, which you don't have money for. Maybe, the, maybe you got like, I don't know, nationwide healthcare over there in Morocco and you just talk this shit out either with the therapist and with the woman that you're with. Don't fuck this up because it sounds like you got a great one. All right. So there you go. All right. That's the podcast, everybody. Um, old Billy fucking Twinkletoes is going to go work out now. Keep it going. Uh, I'm here in New York City. You know, I'm going to be doing this 9-11 benefit. So I'm going to be uh, fucking out and about, walking around, hopefully. Right. Trying to, uh, you know, burn off the calories. Maybe I'll go to a gym, you know, but then they always want... Can I see your driver's license? It's like, can you? Well, how about I just give you my fucking credit card? And then you give them the driver's license and then they're putting it in the computer. It's like, what are you doing? You're not the government. Oh, we don't do anything with this. No, sir, you don't do anything with this. Then it goes into the computer. Then where does it go? You cunt. So I think I'm just going to... uh I don't know. Walk to the comedy clubs. I have no idea what I'm going to do here. But I'm going to stay away from the bagels and the cream cheese. I'm going to stay away from the pizza. I'm going to stay away from all of that shit because uh, I actually got a fucking steak and cheese. I got a great one. I got a Joe Bartnick suggested when we were on our way up to uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We went through uh, the great city of Philadelphia That for some reason does not get the good planes when you fly to it. Uh, I took a picture. It was Tony something. Not Tony O's. What the fuck was it? Tony L's. The hell was it? Come on. Come on. Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's. A great, great goddamn cheesesteak. I ate that thing, man. I wasn't hungry for the rest of the afternoon. Into the evening, I didn't. I had two shows last night in Bethlehem, which, by the way, what an, an amazing city that is! Just fucking beautiful. I mean, Pennsylvania is so underrated. How beautiful the state is all the trees and the rivers and all that type of stuff. Granted, you pull in and there's a fucking steel mill about ready to fall down. I'm sure you know that they, you know, it definitely looked like. Uh, you know, I was joking with them that they they probably filmed a couple episodes of the first forty eight there, but you can see the bones, the bones. They they got a good structure there. It is a beautiful town, so um, I've always loved those old, you know, Rust Belt type of towns and watching them all slowly coming back. First Pittsburgh, Cleveland, uh, Detroit was even coming around. I don't know where they're at now, the stupid pandemic shit, but hopefully they're coming around too. Uh, Buffalo is another one that I love. I love all of that shit. Um, all right, so anyways, that is the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. Fuck yourselves. NFL uh, football kicks off this Thursday. I guess is it? it's Tampa versus Dallas. Tom Brady going for ring number eight, which would tie him with Bill Belichick. Don't ever forget he has two as a defensive coordinator when he was with the G-Men. Um, all right, that's it, everybody. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday.